Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today is number two in our series on the fact that God has a heaven prepared for us and heaven is our home. So what are we going to talk about today? What do we expect? I want you to know the Bible literally goes into detail to tell us it's far beyond what any person can even think of. That's heaven where we're headed to. Ready for the word of God? Let's go together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Today is number two in the closing of just a two-day session I want to teach on the subject of heaven. You know, sometimes sinners don't like to hear you talk about hell and they just talk about, you You, you can't tell me that. I've lived a good life, I've been nice, I've been clean, uh, you know, all that. I've gotten into some trouble before. But look, I mean, look at my life. I think all my good deeds just so far outweigh my bad. How in the world can God send me to a place like hell? Because you don't go to hell for the good or the bad you've done. You go to hell for one reason, you rejected Jesus Christ, the only one that brings salvation. How come you get to go to heaven? Because you accepted Jesus Christ, the only one that can take us to heaven. Jesus didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. You say that's arrogance. No, it's not, it's confidence. He's so confident. I, I have this, this analogy. You know, suppose you were totally lost somewhere in, in a city and you, and you didn't know where you were, didn't know how to get out of there. You know, you don't have GPS. Let's just say this is before GPS. And you pulled up to a corner somewhere. There's five people standing there just talking with each other. You pull up and say, listen, I need to know the way to paradise. There's a city. I'm headed toward a city called paradise. Anybody know how to get there? And the first one says, yeah, you just keep going the way you're going. Down. And the second one says, stop it. It's that way. Turn around and go the other direction. You're going the totally wrong direction. The third one says, no, it's not. It's that way. Go that way. That'll and the fourth one says, no, it's that way. And the fifth one says, shut up. I live there and work here. I go back and forth every day, sometimes twice a day. I live there. Let me tell you how to get there. You go down here two blocks, turn right, stay in the right lane, get up on the freeway, go on down there, and eventually you'll get to paradise. And you look at him. Would you look at him and say, you arrogant thing? How dare you say you know the way? Or would you say, thank you for saving me from going four wrong directions? That's what Jesus came to do. If I am the way, the truth, the life, and nobody comes to the Father but by me, that means every other way is not the way, the truth, or the life. And you don't go to heaven their way. Jesus simply came to tell us all these ways are wrong. I live there and I work here. I I have gone back and forth every day for a thousand years or more, and I know the way there, and I am the way. In other words, we should say thank you. So again, it comes back to this. The only way into heaven is by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, because the only way to get to heaven is by perfection. You have to be perfect, but no one can be perfect. We have a fallen nature in us. Then how in the world do I get perfect and go to heaven? You receive the perfect one and you get into heaven on his score because there's only one score that will get you into heaven and that is a 100. Now, I don't care if you make a 99.999, it's an F. There's nothing in between the two. You accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you get his grade. And if God ever asks you at the front door, because Peter's not at the front door, but if God ever asks you at the front gate of heaven, why should I let you in? And you say, because I accepted your son as my Lord and Savior, and I get his score. 
You say, well, then on earth, that's wrong. That's cheating to take somebody else's score of perfection and make it your own. On earth, it's called cheating. In heaven, it's called grace. And you receive Jesus by his grace. And by receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior, God will open the gates and come right on in here. Because why? You accepted my son as your Savior. There's no other way to get into heaven. Let me tell you where we're headed to. Right now around us, we see all kinds of things happening. And people are talking about there's a kingdom coming on this earth. All nations will work together in perfect harmony, in perfect peace. We're going to have a one world government, one world monetary system. They get into all this stuff. But if you read the Bible, it's not going to work. It's going to fall apart. And the point of it is there's only one place we can go to that will not decay, will not crumble, and will not fall apart, and that's heaven. You know, we build cities around us, and man, they look great for a while, but after a while they start getting rotten, and, and you know, debris starts falling off, and people leave stuff in the streets. It just goes on and on about how bad things look after a number of years. Heaven is forever clean, forever perfect. Every building that has ever been built there, will be built there, is perfect. And that's what heaven is like. Let's describe for just a moment what heaven is like. When the break comes, you're going to give a, give a chance to get my series on. Our home is in heaven, and heaven is the issue on this particular uh, CD set. You'll be blessed by it, and so the announcer will come on at halftime and tell you how you can have a copy of it for yourself. Look at Revelation chapter 21. We're going to take a look at verses 16 through 27. Here is a description of heaven. And John is doing his absolute best in earthly language to tell us what heaven looks like. And again, almost an impossibility. And so what we're reading here is man's description of it, his interpretation of it. When we get to heaven, we go, oh, this is what John was talking about. No wonder he couldn't put it into really clear words, okay? But let's take a look at it. Revelation 21, 16 through 27. And the city is a perfect square. The length is the same as the breadth. And he measured the city with a rod 1,500 miles. The length, the breadth, and the height are equal. And he measured the walls 216 feet, 21 stories, according to human and angelic measurements. The material of the wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all types of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, and the seventh crystallite, the eighth beryl, the ninth a topaz, the tenth chrysophorus, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth an amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was a single pearl. Did you catch that? There's 12 gates there. All again, speaking of the 12 tribes of Israel, comparison to that. But again, I want you to notice that there were 12 gates there and each one was a pearl. Every individual gate in verse 21 was a single pearl. I've heard this said before. Wouldn't you like to see the oyster that laid that thing? Okay. But again, a single pearl, and that was made into one gate. And there's 12 of them. And the streets of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. I saw no temple in it because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. And the city had no need of the sun or the moon for light. For the glory of God gave light to it, and the Lamb is the light, and the saved of the nations walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor to it. 
and the gates are not closed at all by day because there is no night there. For there will be the glory and the honor of the nations into it. Nothing in any wise will enter in that is unclean or practices abomination or lies, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. What a wonderful description. And listen, there have been Christians who have died and come back and told us about this. And it's found again in our own history, but also in the Bible there's been some. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But again, I want you to see what it is. Heaven and all that is in it is a gift. There's mansions there, transparent gold buildings, transparent gold streets, perfect weather, heavenly grass, flowers, trees, rivers, diamond city foundations, precious stone foundations for the jasper walls, Pearl gates, it's lit by God's glory. Only God's children, no sinners, no sin, no perversion, no crime. Boy, does that sound great in today with the day we're living in. When, you know, I live in Tulsa, but you don't see it changing all the time because there's so many people moving here, you know, that are trying to get away from liberal parts of the country to come to a conservative part of the country. But they bring their ideas with them. And what we see around us is nothing stays the same and nothing gets better. Everything slowly through the years begins to degenerate on this earth because there is a curse here that was brought in by Adam. But you get to heaven, there is no curse there. And all the things that happen because of the fallen nature of man will not be there. And anything we take to heaven, which is in our life that we did wrong in this earth, will be judged in heaven. So we have it again that only God's children, no sinners, no sin, no perversion, and there is no crime in heaven. So with all this we're talking about, now let's talk about the fact that this is where people are going to go. We don't have to get into this description for them of heaven because just the word heaven in most people's mind, they kind of get an idea of what it's going to be like. No, they don't have any detail, but they kind of know it. And anyone will tell you, would you rather go to heaven or would you rather go to hell? There's enough teaching out there and religion out there that helps them to understand that. And we have the key. Jesus isn't here to witness anymore. Jesus said, well, I was there. I was an ambassador, but I'm going to make you ambassadors in my place, preaching my gospel with my power. That's the beauty of it. And you and I now stand in his place on this earth. We have been born again, so we have his life in us. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you have his power upon you. And that power is sent for one thing mainly. Oh, there's things that come with the Holy Spirit. But the first reason why he gave the Holy Spirit was to make us witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we depend on the Holy Spirit when we go out. When I was raised, uh, I attended a Youth for Christ and one week in Youth for Christ, when I was in high school, they offered a, a witnessing course. And you went there a couple of nights. And then on Saturday, you know, when we came back from the meeting for Youth for Christ, we had to show what we knew. And here's what witnessing was written out as. It was written out on a sheet of paper. Here's all the questions a sinner can ask you. You flip it over and it gives you the answers for those questions. And that's what we did. For a week, I memorized every question they could ask me and every answer that was on that sheet of paper. And then we gave it whenever the test came along. Well, here's the point. You go out there and I found out something. They would ask me a question that wasn't on my sheet and I didn't know how to answer them. But the Holy Spirit in me knows how to answer. I don't need to depend on books and witnessing methods of man because this can't be reduced to a formula because no two sinners are alike. Even if the two sinners have the same problem, they're not going through it exactly the same way. And it comes back to this, the Holy Spirit can tell you what to do and show you what to do, can even arrange 
for you to cross the path of a sinner or a sinner to cross your path. But the rest of the time as you're just going out to witness, he knows every person you're facing depend on the Holy Spirit and his gifts because his gifts were not just sent to heal people and bless Christians and take it to church with us. It was intended by God to be used. Jesus used word of knowledge in witnessing to people. He told Nathaniel, I saw you sitting under a tree. And Nathaniel said, you must be the son of God. He told the woman by the well, you know, in Samaria, you have had five husbands. The one you're living with now is not your husband. She said, you must be a prophet. And she accepted Jesus as her savior because of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And notice the gifts were used in both of those cases for sinners, not for Christians to tell things about each other. Although that does happen, the main use of it is to witness and bring people to Jesus Christ supernaturally. This is why the Holy Spirit was given to us to, to assist us in winning souls to Jesus Christ. When we use the gifts of the Holy Spirit, things just open up in our lives. I've had things revealed to me about people while I was witnessing to them that opened up a door for them to accept Jesus as Savior. This is the purpose of it. So again, we come back to it. Heaven and all that is in it is a free gift. All the things we've talked about here and to tell a person about heaven is one thing, but the greatest thing to tell them is how to get there. Jesus Christ left heaven and came to earth for you. And if you'll accept him as Lord and Savior, where he lived and came to this earth, now you living on this earth can go to be with him in heaven. And this is the beauty of it. This is the simplicity of the new birth. It's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy that he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. When we come back from the break, we're gonna talk more about this, but the announcer's gonna come on now and tell you how you can have a copy of the CD set on heaven. We'll be right back. Heaven is real, and it's the final destination and eternal home of every born-again believer. In this nine-part series, Pastor Bob Yannion describes in detail exactly what the Word of God tells us we can look forward to as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Heaven is God's home, Jesus' home, and it is our home. Message titles include The Home of God, Why Abraham Lived in a Tent, Children of the City, the New Jerusalem, the Heavenly City, Eternal City of Jerusalem, the Lamb's Book of Life, Rewards in Heaven, and the Tree of Life. To order Heaven, visit our website at bobyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified, redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. 
You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. All the way back to the time of Adam, there had been people who received God's plan and those who rejected God's plan. And Adam and Eve accepted God's plan. It's not told in the Bible that they became saved, but yet they taught their sons about salvation. And so we have them again, Cain and Abel. One knew how to receive the Lord. The other knew how not to receive the Lord. And one received, one didn't. One brought a sacrifice. The other brought the works of his own hands. And so God accepted the one who came with a sacrifice and rejected the one that came with his own plans and his own earthly things that he did, the crops that he grew. So again, we see it throughout the word of God, all the way back to that time, all the way through the Old Testament, all the way through the New Testament, all the way through the ages up until now, there have been people who've accepted Jesus and rejected Jesus. Those who have accepted Jesus on this earth left Satan's family and joined God's family. And when they join God's family, it's the guarantee that they will be able to get God's family in heaven. But until Jesus Christ comes back for the rapture of the church, the family will always be divided. The bulk of the family is in heaven and the smaller amounts down here on the earth because those in heaven started going there some 7,000 years ago. We're now coming to the end of those time periods and now we are here on earth, but the family has always been divided. Part in heaven, part on earth. But the rapture is going to bring us all together. That's one reason we all have to all go up in the rapture of the church. Those in heaven will come down and get a resurrection body. This is all found in 1 Corinthians 15. And then we who are alive and remain will get a resurrection body with them. And then we'll all go to heaven to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And there we will be judged on in heaven for the works we did on this earth to be rewarded. Those works will not get us into heaven. Heaven is a gift. But Going to heaven is a gift, but once we get there, there are rewards for what we did for the Lord. And the number one thing God wants to give us is a soul winner's crown. The reason why we have been left here is to make converts of people that after converts, turn them into disciples. This is our purpose for remaining on the earth. And so some in heaven, some on earth, simply means the family will always be divided. But once the rapture occurs, then we will be joined together as the family all coming together. This is found in Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 and 15, which says, for this cause, I bow my knee to the father of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We are named after the father. And the father is the one that sees the huge number of family in heaven waiting for those on earth to be joined to them so that we can then go through the judgment seat of Christ. So we, at the rapture, we will leave and the church goes to heaven, the body of Christ goes to heaven, but we never leave the family of God. The body of Christ and the church of Lord Jesus Christ remains on this earth. We leave that and go to heaven because the family will always exist. But the church and the body of Christ is only here for the church age. So really the Bible tells us already, some have gone to heaven and then even come back to tell us some things about heaven itself. Take a look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses two through four. And here Paul describes the time when he was taken into heaven. And in, in 2 Corinthians 12, verses two and four, Paul says, I knew a man in Christ over 14 years ago. Whether in the body or out, I do not know, God knows. And what he's saying here was, I, I, I went to heaven, I went to the third heaven, I went to paradise. I don't know if I took this physical body with me or I just went in spirit form, I don't know. 
But it's not the point. He just says, again, I knew a man in Christ over 14 years ago, whether in the body or out, I do not know, God knows. He was caught up into the third heaven, another title for heaven itself where Jesus is. The first heaven is the atmosphere around the earth. The second heaven is the space and the universe around us. But the third heaven is where God is located and Jesus Christ sits on the throne. And I knew this man, whether in the body or out, I do not know, only God knows. He was caught up into paradise, another name for heaven, and heard indescribable words, which is not permitted for a man to speak. In other words, the reason why it was indescribable, I did, God didn't want me to come down here and be able to explain it. He wanted it to remain a mystery and uh, to, honestly beyond anything English could even communicate. And the young man uh, there in, in this verse of scripture he's talking about was Paul himself over 14 years ago. But let me just say this, he wasn't the first one that went to heaven and came back and tried to describe it. We have others in the word of God that were living. They died and were brought back from the dead or else they died and immediately were raised from the dead. And so the first one was a young man raised from the dead by Elijah and Elisha, two young men and uh, under each ministry, and they were brought back. Lazarus and Jairus's daughter by Jesus. While he was here on this earth, he raised Lazarus from the dead and Jairus's daughter from the dead. And then those who came out of the graves at Jesus' resurrection, we're told in the book of Matthew. In fact, Matthew's the only one that describes this when Jesus was rose from the dead, and not only did he come back, but also people who had died and were believers came out of the graves and they walked into Jerusalem, it says, and they saw people and told people what had happened. Moses and Elijah returned at the mountain with Jesus and will come back in the tribulation. So Moses died and was taken to heaven. Elijah died, he was taken to heaven, but they're gonna come back. And they were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 16 and chapter 17. And so they were there with him and the disciples saw them and recognized them. Uh, Peter, James, and John were there and they said, look, that's Moses and Elijah talking, which tells me, I know they didn't have name badges on, but we'll know each other in heaven. And they recognized them though they had never ever seen them. So Moses and Elijah returned to the mountain with Jesus and one day will come back in the tribulation. In the second half of the tribulation, they come back as the two witnesses. And again, they are witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ and talking about those days. And so again, we have this. And so I, again, you know, I've heard of people and been raised from the dead. And, and I know uh, Minister Andrew Womack was telling about it. Um, they had healing services there. And there was a, a woman brought in a dead baby, laid it on the platform and the students surrounded. He said to the students, you come over here. And they came over and laid hands on that dead child and commanded life to come into him and that baby came back to life. Boy, there was a shout match went on as that baby now was given back to his mother alive. So does he still do that today? Absolutely. And uh, these are signs, wonders, and miracles, but what's the end result? Not just so a child can come back to life and mom can be happy about it, although she was. I'm simply saying the main reason why we do these things is they are signs and wonders to bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter one and verse five, for the hope laid up for you in heaven, which you heard before of the word of truth, the gospel, the word of God describes so many things about heaven. First Thessalonians chapter one and verse 10 says, we wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivered us from the wrath 
that is to come. And this wrath that is to come, Jesus is gonna deliver us from the tribulation. We will not see the tribulation. If you know Jesus now, you will not go through the tribulation. I'm not saying you're not gonna have hard times before then. There may be persecution, but you will not enter into the tribulation because the tribulation cannot start until we're taken out of the way. This is found in First and Second Thessalonians. And so we will be in heaven during that time to go through the judgment seat of Christ. While seven years of the tribulation are going on down here, the judgment seat of Christ will be going on in heaven. At the end of the judgment seat of Christ, we will be fashioned into the bride of Christ and we will come back with him as a bride adorned for her husband. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22 and verse 23 says, you have come to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, those written in heaven, to God, the judge of all, and to all the spirits of just men made perfect. This is heaven, a description of it, and tells us when we get into heaven, this is the greeting we're going to have. You've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. There is an earthly Jerusalem of which Jesus will rule the earth from, but there's a heavenly Jerusalem, and that's the throne of God. There are rewards in heaven when we arrive. Matthew chapter 5 Verses 11 and 12 says, Blessed are you when men will revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. Notice handling persecution, not returning evil for evil will be rewarded in heaven. This is not a means of going to heaven. It's a means of rewards when we get to heaven because my goal is not to go to heaven. That happened when I received Jesus. My goal is to have a lot of rewards when I get there. And this is one of them. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven because they persecuted the prophets in the same way who came before you. Matthew chapter six, verses 19 through 21. Do not store treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust corrupts and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust corrupts and where thieves do not break through or steal for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He's telling Put your treasure in soul winning, not trying to store it up on earth and stick it in banks and draw interest from it. That's all right to a certain degree, but don't let your life be consumed by that. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 34 says, you had compassion for me in my bonds. Paul is talking to those who travel with him and took joyfully the spoiling of your possessions, knowing you have in heaven a better and a more enduring substance. First Peter 1, 4, we go to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, which is reserved in heaven for you. In other words, all treasures on this earth are corruptible, but not what we have in heaven. It is eternal. So God sees in heaven what we do here. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16 says, let your light shine before men so they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. God sees what goes on behind the scenes where man does not. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 32, whoever confesses me before men, I will confess also before my father who is in heaven. So God sees in heaven what we do on earth and rewards it. Jesus is now in heaven representing us, 
Romans 8, 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So Jesus is up there right now representing us in heaven and we will see him one day. Hebrews 9, 24 tells us more about what we will see when we get to heaven. Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. He's gonna be there for us when we get to heaven. So what we do for the Lord follows us. Revelation 14, 13 says this, I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from this time forward, says the spirit, so they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15, we're not gonna read it. It just simply says, our works will be judged in heaven and rewarded in heaven. So God's gonna take a look at all that we've done for him and there's gonna be all types of rewards when we get to heaven. Again, my great desire is not just to go to heaven. I know I'm gonna go there. My great desire is to take lots of rewards with me for what I've done for Jesus, getting people saved. And I'm not going there just to crave those things. No, I'm going there knowing it's set aside for me. So what a blessing. We'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.